بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرده الشريف وجعلنا من أعمانه وأنصاره Uh, unfortunately, uh, despite the fact that I, I tested uh, and left a message for you, but uh, now we have problem with the camera. Okay, so we are just going to have audio session, uh, and I am sorry that you were delayed. Uh, I hope you will find what is the reason for this problem because it's okay. Uh, we read uh, we read the verse 7 of surah taha a'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajeem wa in tajhar bil qawl fa innahu ya'lamu sirra wa akhwa one of the qualities of allah that need special emphasis and stress in his knowledge. I already talked about this when I talked about Arsh and that ulama say Arsh also relates to his knowledge. But here more clearly after talking about his uh, ownership and control over whatever is in the skies and the earth and between them and in the uh, in, in inside, in the internal layers of the earth, Allah says, وَإِن تَجْهَرْ بِالْقَوْلِ فَإِنَّهُ يَعْلَمُ السِّرَّ And if you speak aloud, then indeed he knows the secret and what is even more hidden, أَخْفَى Khafi means something which is concealed, what is hidden. And Akhwa means more concealed or more hidden. The commentators of the Quran have discussed about what is meant by Akhwa. What can be more hidden than secrets. So some people have said that Sir means when we speak very quietly with each other, like whispering to each other, so that only the one that we want understands. And Akhwa is that not saying anything. It's in your heart. It's not spoken. So sometimes we speak aloud. Sometimes we speak only to someone or few people like whispering to them and sometimes it's not even spoken it's in the heart that is more hidden than the one which is spoken to uh, a very specific person that was meant to understand and we didn't want others to understand or some people have said secret is what is in the heart 
and what is more hidden is what no one has thought about it only Allah knows about it some people have said secret is the action which is done in private in privacy and more hidden is the intention some people have said secret is the secrets of people and what is more hidden is the secrets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is a hadith from Imam Baqir and Imam Sadiq that secret is what hidden in your heart and what is more hidden is those memories that even you have forgotten so even you don't have that, uh, any more access to that memory in any case uh, it seems that all can be correct all these interpretations can be correct what is important is to say that whatever is a public knowledge Allah knows what is the common knowledge between only selected number of people Allah knows and what is only uh, known by someone it is in his heart or in his memory and no one else knows Allah still knows that one so there is no restriction no limitation no barrier for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his knowledge so he doesn't need us to speak or to write to him as long as there is a reality there is something in any part of the world in any levels of our attention it is known to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then Allah says Allahu la ilaha illahu lahul asma'ul khusna Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that there is no one to be worshipped other than him ilah comes from alaha and it means ma'luq is the one to be worshipped there are many people who are worshipped sometimes some human beings were worshipped sometimes some statues were worshipped sometimes animals or some plants are worshipped but none of them is worthy is qualified for being worshipped the only one who is qualified to be worshipped is Allah subhanahu so we have many Allah but these are not real Allah sometimes even people worship their own desires Allah says in the Quran have you seen the one who has adopted who has taken his own lusts and whims as his Allah as the one that he worships the one that he unconditionally follow and obey because ibadah means to follow something to obey something without any question 
without any condition. Absolute, perfect, complete obedience. So no one other than our Creator, no other than our Savior and Lord is to be worshipped. La ilaha illa hu. This only one God to be worshipped has different names, but all his names are beautiful. Lahul Asmaul Husna. He has beautiful names. We have this in also other places in the Quran. For example, there was a debate whether they should call him Allah or Ar Rahman. The Quran says, You can call him Allah, you can call him Ar Rahman. Whatever you call him, he has beautiful names. Al Asma'ul Husna, the most beautiful names, belong to him. According to some hadith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has 99 names. You can call any of those names and your dua will be inshallah accepted and your call will be answered. And similar to this, is also possible to be found in the hadith of our Sunni brothers. And sometimes in addition to the main names, some qualities or actions of Allah are also mentioned. So this can be up to thousand or even we believe that there is no limit. You can use uh, many other names for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as long as you make sure that there is no problem in them. There was a debate in theology whether the are or not means we should only use those names which are used in the Quran and Hadith or we can use other names. For example, one name is Wajibul Wujud, necessary being. There is no problem in using this name, even if it is not mentioned in the Quran or perhaps in the film, at least famous Hadith, if any Hadith has mentioned, would not be at least among the famous hadith. So there is no problem in using such concepts for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or for example the first mover, uncaused cause and so on and so forth. But for sure among all the names that we can use to refer to him, the best are those which are received through Quran and hadith and among all these names we don't find anything not beautiful, which is not attractive, which is not useful for us to reflect on. Reflecting on the names of Allah, invocating all the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has great positive impact on us. Then from verse 9, we enter into the story of Prophet Musa There are many, many beautiful points about the story of the Prophet Musa. 
and because according to some hadith those things that happened to Bani Israel are going to happen also to the Islamic nation and therefore they have very practical relevance in many places in the Quran this story is mentioned many many verses of the Quran refer to Prophet Musa according to some sources uh, we have the um, story of the Prophet Musa more than any other prophet in the Quran and one of the chapters of the Quran which addresses uh, some of the verses of uh, about Prophet Musa is Surah Taha. There are many beautiful points and inshallah we together try to reflect and I hope also if you think of any uh, important point you uh, email or you know, send a message so that we share. Okay, first let us look at the beautiful way that Allah opens this discussion. Before actually talking about the story of Prophet Musa, Allah prepares the mind of Rasulullah and of course everyone who reads the Quran by saying, Have you received the news of Musa? Have you received the story of Musa? You know, this is a good way to begin. It's a question to draw the attention of the person. Of course, Rasulullah had no way to know all these facts except for revelation. Yes, some aspects of the story of Musa was known through biblical sources and maybe among the people of Mecca, Medina, they had some knowledge about Prophet Musa. But many things are mentioned in this Quranic uh, revelation that were not known even to Bani Israel and the people of the book or Ahl Kitab. In particular, Allah wants to refer here to the story of first revelation that Musa السلام, received. This is verse 10, and I only mention this verse, and inshallah we continue next week because uh, I want to inshallah have the video you know, session also. So we just focus on this verse 10 for today. Prophet Musa, as you know, was married to daughter of Prophet Shu'aib 
علی نبینا و علیه و علیه السلام The Prophet Shu'ayb had asked Musa علیه نبینا و علیه السلام that you should work for me eight years or ten years as a kind of dowry for marriage and Prophet Musa as agreed for Prophet Shu'ayb and after he finished his work he wanted to travel so one night when he was traveling with his wife and the night was dark and according to some sources was also cold in that cold dark night traveling with his wife uh, he saw a fire and this is a fire which was not on the road the fire was somewhere on the side of the road so Prophet Musa asked his family to stay there and he himself went to see if there is a guidance for him, a message for him, signal for him there, or if he can bring some part of fire so that it gives them light and warmth. When he saw a fire, and said to his family, stay here. This shows that first of all, Prophet Musa was very alert. Not only he was watching in front of him, so that there is no danger in front of them, he was also watching on the side of the road right side, left side, everybody was watching. Maybe there is something useful or maybe there is something else. Maybe an enemy is hiding himself. Maybe a wild animal is there. Anyway, you have to be very careful. You have to open your eyes always and see what is in front of you and what are the things on the side that may somehow come to you. So he was very alert. Then he saw a fire and his family didn't see this fire. So he saw a fire and informed that, that I have seen a fire. And the verb which is used the second time is anasto. The first time says he saw a fire. The second time anasto, which means it's a kind of acquaintance, a kind of fire which is friendly. So he said, I have seen a friendly fire. He didn't want his family to worry. He also wanted to give them an indication that there is a hope that this would be a nice fire. So he said, I am going. He didn't take all of them towards the fire. There was no need to take them, you know, there and then bring. They could have stayed there, have a little rest, 
and he was going to see what is there and if there is anything useful we can bring for the family so he said I have seen a nice or friendly fire I'm going towards it maybe I'm going to bring he didn't say definitely as a mu'min you have to always know your limits never say that I'm going to do something definitely always say inshallah maybe I will do this so he said maybe I am going to bring from that fire kabas a little part of it like a torch oh or maybe I find some guidance at the fire okay so he left them there and went towards fire this fire was a very special fire because when prophet musa went there he realized that it's a bush or a tree which has fire but it's not being consumed or being burnt so that was a special fire and when prophet musa went near he called allah sorry he heard allah's call allah started talking to him and this is what we have Allah spoke to Musa from that tree and this is why Musa is called Kalimullah because he was spoken by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he heard a call, a voice of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't speak with mouth and throat but he can create a voice and through that voice he can communicate this is one way of Allah communicating to people Sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala communicates by creating a voice and using a whale, a medium. Sometimes he sends angels. Sometimes also he puts the revelation directly into the heart and mind of the Prophet. One of the three ways either directly communicates the ideas or sends a messenger, an angel like Jibra'il or speaks from behind the way like Prophet Musa so when Prophet Musa went to that fire he heard Ya Musa Inni ana rabbuk fakhla'ana alayk innaka bilwaad al-muqaddasi inshallah we will continue from the verse 11 and please uh, if possible read the verses at least you know 10 15 verses and think about them if you have some commentaries of Quran please also read them so that we will be more prepared for discussion for next week okay question one can you please explain the limits to male-female interaction? Can they be friends? Yeah. If you mean by male-female, uh, those who are not like brother-sister or you know 
father, mother and children, just like classmates or cousins who are not mahram. The answer is that we have to be uh, careful about this matter in a very uh, natural, very uh, rational and wise way we have to explain to the children little by little from the you know, uh, very young age that they should observe the rules and regulations gazing about looking at each other uh, and touching for example hand of each other like shaking and playing and laughing and so on and so forth so it's better that we exercise caution here not by you know creating a kind of hatred from male in the female or vice versa you know to say to the boy that girls are you know for example to be avoided or to say to the uh, other side not the same no but they should understand that at a matter of haya and modesty uh, they should not be having close relation they should not speak more than formal things they should not become in the sense of playing together sharing you know news too much with each other spending you know private time with each other we have to be very careful about this issue but with explanation and with education as well uh, question two, how come our Imam says that when Imam going for Hajj 6, Imam was shivering? Uh, going to Hajj, going to the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a very special experience because you are saying Labbaik to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, here I am. And for Imams, this was a very, very special moment because when you say Labbaik, then you have to be worried. Is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going again to say Labbaik to you? Because when we say Labbaik, he's also going to say Labbaik. Or is he going to say La Labbaik wa La Sa'daik? Maybe Allah is going to reject me. Maybe Allah says, I don't want you to come to me. I don't accept you as a guest, as a friend, because you have been disobeying me. You have been harming yourself and people. So going to a very, very moving experience, if we really understand the spirit of going to that very holy, sacred place in which the holiest people, and servants of Allah used to be Ibrahim, Ismail, Prophet Muhammad sallam, other prophets and Imams. Question three, Assalamu alaikum, alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. I challenge this concept that men are more rational. This term implies a lack of intelligence or perception that 
the woman is somehow inferior due to her emotional nature and needs to be verified by men to be legitimate. I know this is not what you are saying, but this type of talk has this kind of implications, especially here in North America. Where does the Quran say this? Thanks so much for your time. Uh, yes, we, I don't say, and as you said, you know, we didn't say men are more rational. What we can say is, and I think we said uh, before, is that in women we have very strong uh, emotions. This is very important. This is not a negative aspect or negative quality for women. Emotions for women are very important. If you have a lady who has no emotion, this is not a perfection. These emotions are very important. For ladies, they have to work on controlling, managing, regulating, guiding their emotions. If they are not careful about emotions that they naturally have, then they can be driven by emotions. So they need to exercise some kind of control with respect to emotions. In men, emotions are less and they need to work more on their emotions. They need to flourish and develop their emotions. The best is to have a combination of strong points in men and strong points in women. And this is where we have family. We have controlled emotion of father plus strong emotions of mother. In this way, a child both receiving enough care and love at the same time discipline and guidance this is very beautiful of course sometimes we have women who are very good in controlling their emotions they are very good in disciplining children and sometimes we have men who are very bad in their emotions they are not even uh, able to discipline themselves let alone their children so there are always exceptions and minorities, but generally speaking, we need both uh, contributions so that we have a balanced environment for upbringing children. Of course, there are many other things, but uh, for the time being, I just say this. If there is need, I can explain this more in the future. Question for Alaikum Salam. Is it possible that the ayah 10 refers to Musa and his family being lost and hence his statement to perhaps I can bring at the fire some guidance? Uh, normally, uh, I haven't seen that they were lost. They were traveling, but because it was dark night, uh, for sure having you know some kind of fire would help to see better the road because, you know, in those days, roads didn't have light, and they could just use the light of the stars. 
but when it is a dark night, like those nights in which moon is not very shining, it would be difficult for them. But still they were able, this is why they were still moving and not uh, staying you know, in one station. Uh, so I don't think they were lost, but uh, this could be helpful for them and make it easier for them. Question 5. Was Prophet Musa already a Nabi when he came across the fire? It seems that this is the very first time that he received revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was the very first time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to him. And as inshallah we will see, Allah first of all introduces himself to Musa but also by mentioning the first name of Musa. You know, this is relaxing. When you see someone mentions your name and introduces himself. Ana Rabbuka, Ya Musa. I am your Lord, O Musa. Question 6. Salam uh, is referring to question 1. What if the interaction non-mahram is with some older who is in their early 80s? Is it wise to give time to them? Uh, so if the question meaning that for example there is a uh, eight years old for example woman and a young child boy for example I don't know all men and women who are 80 both 80 I don't know in any case we have to observe certain rulings in all cases like for example you know shaking hand and when there is a uh, kind of uh, age from both sides or one side that more uh, things can be there like for example you know when there is a possibility of like marrying someone then we have to be more careful when it is for example a very young uh, or very old and the difference is so much that there is no uh, attraction or no possibility of marriage so we need maybe less less caution. But when there is a possibility of one, then we have to be more uh, careful. You know, sometimes there are ladies that the Quran says they are so old that they have no uh, expectation of marriage. So for them, sometimes there is no need to be very very careful about not speaking to mahram or you know some levels of you know uh, perfection of hijab so this is possible but some of the elements of hijab and avoiding unnecessary contact still remains so even an old lady if is 100 years old cannot shake hand with for example a person who is like her grandchild Sometimes people say, oh, this is my child or my grandchild. So, for example, out of love, you know, they kiss or, you know, for example, put their hand on the head of that person. This is not okay. Still, we have to observe these rulings. But uh, talking, uh, sitting together in this age difference when there is no possibility of marriage, of course, it's more uh, relaxed. Okay, I stop here. I again apologize for the technical problem. I know I tested and everything was okay, but then 
I don't know what happened that again camera stopped working. I'm very sorry and please forgive me. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillah rabbil